This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome again to the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Today I have a very special guest, Dr. Richard Nongard. Richard's wrote a ton of books and has done a lot of work in the mental health space, but today we're going to focus primarily on his new book, Viral Leadership, and how it's vitally important, uh, more important than I think any time in history, uh, the strong leadership that we need in uh, today's world. So, Richard, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. It's great to be here, Michael. I, I really appreciate it. Glad to have you. Uh, so, what was the driving force in writing Viral Leadership? What, what motivated you to uh, take the time and effort to, to put this great book forward? You know, this is actually my second book on leadership. Uh, the first book I wrote in 2013, uh, I had my, your, my master's degree is in counseling. As you mentioned, I have a mental health uh, counseling background, which I actually view from a business perspective as a degree in problem solving. But I, I had finished my doctorate in transformational leadership, specifically focused on cultural engagement. And I wrote a book that really outlined how transformational leadership is different from other forms of leadership. So it became kind of a textbook. But fast forward to this year, and I felt there was a real need for a book that could teach leaders how to capture the power of the moment. A lot of times we have something wonderful happen in our business. So we have an event or an experience or a merger or an acquisition or a new project or you know attention from media come our way. And it creates a lot of enthusiasm. But what leadership does in a situation like that is it takes that momentum and creates something lasting and something sustaining. And all of us really dream about building businesses that are lasting. And so the idea behind viral leadership is how do we take the power of the moment and actually parlay it into something that is sustaining and lasting. It's kind of a how-to manual on how to do that. Yeah, that is so crucial. Oftentimes in, in leadership and in management, we're in a firefighting mode and we're just reacting to the things that are happening right now, but to actually have the desire and the wherewithal to do something and capture those moments uh, when they come up to really make long, impactful change for the organization and all of its employees, these are things that will be with those employees for the rest of their careers. I have fond memories of the great leaders that I've worked for in the past and the things that they did, little nuances. I worked for them for years, but there would be a couple little stories or something that they did um, that I still cherish uh, to this day. You know, conversations that could have been in my cubicle when I was working for one organization. And I, I use that and I actually adopted that in my leadership style and how I lead people because I was so moved by it. So that's great that you that you, you capture that and want to talk about that. Your experience there really mirrors what I think successful leadership is all about. No one's ever going to remember the third bullet point in a presentation on a Thursday afternoon, but they will remember the stories that are told or the narratives are that, are, that are created, sometimes between cubicle members and sometimes between management and frontline employees and sometimes become, between board members and uh, and and. and organizational leaders, but these stories have the ability to transform because people remember a year from now or five years from now or 20 years from now when this was shared 
in a meaningful way. And storytelling is a wonderful way to create that narrative. And leaders know how to use story as a way of moving towards the vision. So in your research for the book and obviously your, your skill set and history of, of the things that you've done, what are some things that leaders can look for for those opportunities for lasting positive change for their organizations? You know, a lot of leaders, as you said, are reactive. Rather than looking with with what might be termed reflexive urgency, reflective urgency, uh, looking in the moment for the deeper narratives, looking in the moment for the opportunities, looking in the moment for the needs that can be expressed through innovation, and then acting on those things quickly. And that is a habit, just like any other habit that has to be developed. And leaders who who are able to do that are able to really capture the power of the moment and create something sustaining. I read somewhere, and I forget where I saw it, and it was uh, someone else in the leadership space, and they were talking about habits. And one of the analogies that they use that's kind of a modern-day component is you need to install a habit in your life like you would install an app on your smartphone and really use it and have it be part of your normal routine for it to last. And again, I think leaders, sometimes again with our reactionary moments, we we don't take the time or we don't have the time in our schedules to actually be proactive and look for opportunities uh, to grow both personally as a leader and to take the organization to another level because our focus, right or wrong, oftentimes it seems to be wrong, uh, on the day-to-day things. We need to delegate those things and not spend so much time in the doing and more more time in the in the looking out and seeing okay what what's going to be beneficial for myself as a leader as well as what's beneficial for the organization now and and in the future i agree absolutely and part of that is what i call aligning with the culture often especially in larger companies the c-suite there's a disconnect between what people are doing and what it is that the leaders are doing. And by being able to create alignment in the culture, sometimes through ideas like shared spaces, sometimes by simply reaching out and creating an opportunity to actively listen to people, sometimes by creating new rituals within an organization so that there's a shared experience. All of those things help a leader to align with culture. And those are the things that create lasting change to really build a foundation. In the last, let's say, 10 to 15 years, have you noticed an increase in the disconnect between the C-suite and the rest of the culture, just based on on the workloads that uh, executives seem to be taking on? They seem to be working more and more, uh, even you know, in talking with other people. Even in the last couple of years, it seems like that executives are taking on more and more work. And gone are the days of, well, we'll just hire additional people to help offset that, that we haven't been in that state uh, ever since you know, 2008. You know, before right, we, have, we actually have a labor crunch right now, so it makes it real difficult to distribute labor um, as finding qualified people to share the responsibility are, are increasingly difficult to do. So, yeah, I do see a disconnect uh, that 
I'm not sure if it's growing. I, I, I think that a, a big part of that disconnect really is to company culture. You know, my, my favorite quote from Peter Drucker is, you know, uh, culture eats strategy for lunch. And a culture that really, when a culture is created that really reflects the core values of the organizational vision, or even more specifically, the intention of the leaders, we see success in both large and small companies. Yeah, and it, it starts, you know, the phrase, it starts from the top, and it does. And it's when leaders are consistent with how they react and how they do things and how they lead the organization, um, they'll get buy-in. Because your employees, especially if you're a new leader, like with anything, you need that, you know, no like and trust factor. And once those things kick in, then you start getting uh, more buy-in from your team. And, and, and the listening component is, is crucial. And I, I think that many leaders, unfortunately, struggle with that. Maybe not because they don't know how to listen. It's because they are being drowned out by all the other noises um, that um, the organization faces on a daily basis. And they're not certain on how to fine tune their listening to make sure that it's hard to listen it's hard to listen when you can't hear and people often can't hear because of all of the noise that's coming from many different places within an organization different people expressing needs different people expressing um, from a financial perspective certain things that need to be accomplished or done or filed or reached uh, from a from a logistical perspective being able to meet the needs supply chain all of those different things can really create a lot of different sources of noise that is all important so it's not noise that's pointless noise it's not noise pollution but it's it's really hard to to listen actively to all of those things and i think what you said is really the key though you you mentioned consistency in leadership from the daily activities to the patterns of communication and consistency is one of the habits one of the traits that successful leaders practice and develop a person doesn't become consistent without actually practicing consistency and so when i work with leaders when i'm coaching them when i'm meeting with them one-on-one -on -one, trying to help them to fine-tune their skills as a leader consistency or stick-to-itiveness is one of those things that I focus on. A lot of people think, well, they're leaders. They have great stick-to-itiveness. They have great consistency or they wouldn't have made it to that position. But as you said, new leaders often fail within the first year. I think you said that on one of your previous podcasts I was actually listening to myself. And, and one of the reasons why they burn out is because they haven't developed this core attribute at the level of required by their current position. Yeah, the phrase, what got you there won't keep you there, is something Absolutely. that I think that leaders leaders forget. One of the things you mentioned, and I don't remember if it was in the book or um, in, in some of the videos that I watched, um, you talked about happiness. And in leadership, that's something that I feel is so important to have and make part of, of your inner being because... I, I've seen too many leaders rise to the ranks. They become the CEO of an organization in the field that they've worked in forever. They, you know, they love the field. They've, they've been, spent a ton of time there. They get to be the CEO and they're miserable. And, and the happiness component is, is something I, I strongly feel is crucial for 
the longevity of a leader and their career as well as any organization that they lead. So talk to us a little bit more about your, your happiness angle on, on, on leadership and, and what, what leaders can do to uh, make that a, a priority in their lives. Sure. You know, the book is 200 and some pages and there's lots of information, lots of content in there. And as I was doing some of the marketing for the book, I was trying to pull out some quotes. And my favorite quote from the book is ultimately leadership is about happiness. By the way, that's also the most controversial quote. People say, well, that's too simplistic or it's not really about our happiness. Well, it it is. It's not only about me being happy as a leader, but leadership brings happiness to others. It brings predictability, it brings stability. It it helps people meet their deepest needs, their need for both security and significance. And leadership ultimately is about happiness. Again, not only my own happiness as a leader, but the happiness that I can then share and the joy I can share with my family. My family who benefits from the work that I do, who is interested in being supportive of my endeavors, my goal, my career. You know, I I have adult children and my adult children are fantastic because they actually care about their dad and his career and what he's doing. And they share my excitement and my enthusiasm about certain projects and things that I'm working on. And my kids have always been like that. Even my mother is like that. And as leaders, we often don't really take our our family situation into an analysis of what our leadership is like, but ultimately I need to be happy as a leader in order to have the sustainability to continue on. And it's going to bring happiness to my family, uh, to my community. Happy leaders are leaders within their community. They don't just go home at the end of the day and bring the trash cans in, but they bring leadership to other people in the community and they share the leadership skills they have in a way that creates abundance uh, at a community level. Leadership in business, of course, creates security for employees. For a number of years, I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and one of the largest employers in the city had a reputation for being a wonderful place to work, but without a predictable sense of job security. There were often layoffs as the oil economy would go up and down and up and down, and as as mergers and acquisitions were rumored and taking place and those sorts of things, and you could really sense the the insecurity impacting otherwise happy employees' sense of well-being. Happiness is the outcome of effective leadership in so many different ways, both personally as well as professionally. We have a need to be happy. You know, again, I am a therapist, and many people go see a psychotherapist, a counselor, because ultimately they just want to feel a sense of joy. One of my favorite books is uh, by Dennis Bakke, and it's, it's titled Joy at Work. We don't talk about that concept very often. But how do, we, how do we bring joy to work? How do we create joy at work? What is a joyful company culture like? And by being able to create the communication, the rituals, the place, and bring aboard the right people, we can have joy at work. We can experience happiness as a result of our leadership. No, that's, that's leadership gold right there. I mean, the, the, the key for a strong leader, I think, is the happiness and being fully confident of yourself and your ability to do the things that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Because once you do that and once you are 
operating from a space of joy and happiness, what happens is everything that you face as a leader, you're, you're fully engaged and you're able to react and respond to things that come out of the nowhere and make better decisions because you have clarity and you're willing to truly focus on, on the things that you need to address. So that's, that is incredible. Another comment that you'd made um, was, and I think this is a leadership trait that um, many need to have to their, uh, or add to their uh, way of leading is the constant evaluation of where we are as an organization organizations flow and move and do things. They're not typically static, at least the ones that want to last. Mm-hmm. So what, what are some examples uh, for the listeners on you know, some techniques that leaders can do to um, use that constant evaluation of where they are as an organization and, and what they should be looking for? This is really key to viral leadership, to creating something sustaining. And that is to take advantage of right now. The reality is, my favorite quote from great, the great master Uguay, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery. All we have is the present, and that's why it's a gift. By the way, the great master Uguay, of course, is the turtle from Kung Fu Panda. Exactly. Uh, Right, right, right. And that quote, though, is just so profound. Now, he probably lifted it from somebody else. I think I actually saw it attributed to Eleanor Roosevelt at one point or another. <clears throat> but the power of now is, a, is an amazing power. The reality is a lot of companies spend time focused on the future. They think the vision is something that they're working towards. The vision of any organization should be something that the company is living in the present. I think it's really important that we recognize because the only thing we have is right now, what's far more important than the goals we would like to reach in the future are actually the intentions that we set right now. Intention setting beats goal setting any day of the week. Even if a company stops setting goals, but practices setting intentions for today, for this moment, and leaders set intentions for themselves, they'll look back at the previous months where they normally would have set a goal and realize that they wildly surpassed any of their expectations. So being focused on the present is absolutely essential. For creating long-term success, all of the power that we have has to come from this moment. The future isn't here. The past is, is gone, and I've, I've met both people as well as companies who are trying to relive the past. That's a futile effort. It never works because the past can't be changed, and the resources that were present in the past are not the same resources that are present right now. And the great thing about approaches like appreciative inquiry or positive psychology in the corporate setting are that we can find solutions even in the problems of this moment. And that's something that's truly powerful and, and life-changing for the culture of a company. Yeah, and you know, changing the past is, you know, is, is pointless. And even, you know, I had a conversation the other day with somebody and they said, you know, I, the skills and experiences and things that I've learned now, yes, they would have been incredibly beneficial to me years ago, but I wouldn't be where I am right now if I didn't go through those experiences years ago. So applying those techniques would have altered things and 
sent me on a completely different direction on everything and all of the things that I've experienced in my life, I wouldn't want to change any of it. The good, the bad, the ugly, it, it's made me who I am. And I utilize all of those things to be the best person that I can be and the best leader I can be and, and, and serve people to the best of my ability because of everything that's happened to me. Absolutely. And companies have the ability to do that too, to take a look at where they've been, but how it's brought the company to where it is right now with new opportunities, new opportunities that might not yet be discovered or new opportunities that might not yet be exploited or taken advantage of or tapped into, uh, new resources that are present, new people. You know, I've worked with a lot of companies where long-term executives have left or companies where uh, CEO founders have sold the company and moved on. And a lot of those companies, the culture becomes enmeshed with the past and, and longing for what was rather than what is. And change is inevitable. We study leadership not because, you know, leadership is something that, you know, academically is an interesting subject, but because change is a constant. It's it's the only thing we can count on. And understanding how to lead through change can help us to unleash the power of the moment and create something lasting. And that's the heart of viral leadership. Just like a meme on the internet that is funny in the moment, but becomes something lasting and even culturally significant and meaningful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been absolutely amazing and enlightening. And I, I highly encourage my audience to to pick up viral leadership and and your other material as well because it's absolute gold and really helpful to to everyone involved leaders of all walks of life but uh, i wanted to give the floor to you and and have you um, let everybody know how people can connect with you and anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we go Sure. I'm really happy because the book is now available through Audibles and, and iTunes as an audio version as well. It's called Viral Leadership. And you can get it, of course, on Amazon or any bookstore or my website. My website, of course, is viralleadership.com. And the cool thing on my website is at the very bottom, there's an ebook that I love sharing with people. It's titled Community, Culture, and Identity. It's a collection of actionable ideas for leadership. And so if anyone stops by and visits my website at viralleadership.com, they can actually download a copy of that ebook. And I'd love to hear that your listeners bought the book Viral Leadership and uh, gave me some feedback. You know, I didn't just write it to have it out there. I wrote it so I could interact with people. And I'm more than happy to have people email me or even give me a call and share their experiences. And I'm more than happy to answer any questions on the subject of leadership as well. That's great. And audience, I will definitely have all of that information in the show notes on the episode. So uh, be sure to check those out when, when this episode goes live. So Richard, thank you again for your time today and for sharing all of this leadership gold with us. I, I've been looking forward to uh, this chat for, for some time and I was thrilled that uh, we were able to do it and that the UPS guy hasn't shown up yet to <laughs> have, have, your, have your puppy uh, announce the UPS driver's arrival. She likes to sleep all day until the UPS guy comes and then she is having a field day. There you go. So again, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate you and all the work that you're doing. And um, thanks again for being on the show. Great talking to you today, Michael. Thank you. 
And everybody, thank you for listening. Until next time, be well. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.